Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want to thank everyone online for being with us tonight also. I I am. Every time I see some of the numbers that come up, uh, I'm humbled by the fact that you take the time to uh, uh, turn your TV on or open up your device that brings you live uh, the message for tonight because, um, hey, uh, 1 John 5, 4 says, this is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And then we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And um, I'm so excited because we've been... Uh, open your Bibles to Hebrews, the third chapter. So I want to welcome all of you and stay with us throughout the whole service and, uh, and, uh, so that, and don't allow anything to distract you from the Word of God uh, at this moment. And we know that, um, uh, uh, actually it was on February 5th, I looked it up, so in case you want to go back and listen to the first teaching on the series of, that we call that uh, Christ, the high priest of our our profession, or the high priest of our salvation. That's actually what it means. And he is the high priest. And what does that mean? We know that, you know, some of us who were raised, or I wasn't, but those of you who were raised in Catholicism, more kind of familiar with the phrase priest, where some of us who were raised in different, maybe, uh, you know, denominations didn't use that term as much. And, and he was the one that, you know, you went to for instruction in the Bible. And, and you were the one who went to confess him to confess your sins so that you could be free from the guilt of sin. And all of these things are good, but there was, these are simply practices that are of the Old Testament. Uh, uh, now that Jesus uh, did paid uh, the redemption, require, or paid the price for redemption, and we, now we go to him. He's the high priest of our confession. He's the one now that we go to. Can I have an amen? And the one who understands us, and the one who has compassion towards us, and is able to, to fix the things that are broken in our lives. I started out, and I'm going to start out by doing this again. I started out by simply saying, when God created Adam out of the dirt of the ground, uh, the Bible says that he took another step and did something supernatural. He breathed into Adam's nostrils what the Bible calls the breath or the spirit of life, or he breathed into Adam's nostrils the eternal life of God. And, and, and at that moment... Uh, man was, though he's threefold, uh, number one, he, at that moment, he was an earth man outwardly, but he was a God man on the inside. Say, I'm a God man on the inside. Yeah, and you are. And, and you know, it's important that you capture that, that in your heart. Otherwise, you'll, you'll always be uh, fall short and be tempted and be distracted and disrupted by this external man called the Adamic nature, which is constantly fighting against the nature of God that is on the inside of you. Amen. I said, amen. So you need to understand that. Okay. And so listen, as long as he remained united to God spiritually, he, as an earth man, he was as, he, he was as close to God as he possibly could be. He knew God in the spirit. We know God in the spirit. You cannot contact God with your soul or your, or your five physical senses. You have to contact him with your faith. If you agree, say amen to that. That's how we know God. It's through his word, the knowledge of his word, and through the act of our faith in him. Hallelujah. So, listen. So, Adam was never created to be on his own. In fact, 
because God knows the end from the beginning, I love this, even before Adam transgressed God's word, God, the supreme judge of all, had already provided legal counsel or representation for his earth friend, amen, which came through three avenues. You'll put them up here. Propitiation, mediation, and advocation. Now, I apologize, but I'm not going to define those tonight. Hopefully, we're going to do that on Sunday morning because I wanted some things jumped out at me as I was meditating on the word regarding this message that I have to share on this evening. So I just want you to know that all three of these, propitiation, mediation, advocation, has to do with your relationship with God and is intertwined into the high priestly ministry of Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. Say, I have a high priest in heaven who represents me. He really is, and we'll, we'll dive more into that as we go. Hebrews 3.1, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. What that simply means, when it talks about heavenly calling, it's simply, that's, that's, that's regarding the eternal, okay? That's the supernatural realm. It's where God is, meaning this heavenly calling is of the Spirit, by the Spirit, listen, and through the Spirit, meaning it can only be fulfilled by the help of God's Spirit. Now, in Zechariah 4, 6, it says this, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You don't have that up there, Tina? Not, Zechariah says, not by might, nor, oh, it is. Okay, I apologize, you got the whole one up there. Uh, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So even Zechariah needed to know that God's will, uh, his divine plans and purposes could not be fulfilled without divine assistance or help. And it is so with us also, amen. We need God's help. We need the assistance uh, and, and involvement of the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily basis to become not only Christ-like, but to fulfill His will in the earth, if you agree, say amen to that. Hebrews 3.1, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to give you some definitions that are going to help expand what the Apostle Paul was writing here in the book of Hebrews, okay? Now, the word consider, consider, consider Jesus. The word consider means to fully observe. Well, ultimately, it's to fully observe this, his life and ministry, so that we can, in the process of time, become his representation in the earth. We become Christ-like, or I always say God-like in an ungodly world. Amen. That's, what he's, that's ultimately what we want for our lives. If you agree, again, say amen. To observe uh, means to conform one's actions to or practice to or practice to. That's why when we come to church and I tell you to, let's come on, let's, and, and I, was, I was just stopped for a moment listening to all of you tonight. There, it is so beautiful to hear you over the musicians. It's beautiful to hear the corporate uh, worship of God. Hallelujah. It's beautiful. So when you come to church and you come fatigued and you come tired, because most of us do, we come to church and we, I mean, we've been in the world, we're carrying the weight of all sorts of things and we come in hopefully to gain some kind of spiritual inspiration in our lives because I think that's why we come. And praise God, you can shake most of that off by faith. Can I have an amen? Just by simply, you may not understand, but by simply lifting your hands and worshiping God, you are practicing, you are practicing your relationship with God. Amen. You're, you're practicing the things that will ultimately 
get you in contact with the supernatural so that you can get what God wants you to have every time you come to the service. To observe means to conform one's action or practice to. Listen to this. Consideration requires no action, but observation does. Think about that. Consideration requires no action, but observation does. Amen. Now, if you read back up now for a moment, so he's, he's telling us to consider some things. Well, what are they? Look at Hebrews 1 verse 1. It says this. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth. Now, just, hold, just stay focused. It says, and in different ways, God spoke to our forefathers. That means everybody in the Old Testament. He spoke, God spoke, say God spoke. Amen. God spoke to our forefathers. Amen. To in and by the prophets. What does that mean? Well, they said there are 365 messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. So listen to one for every day. But listen, every time a messianic prophecy was spoken, it was like a piece of puzzle that was added to the complete puzzle so that at the end of its completion, it would reveal the virgin birth and the entrance of our Lord and Savior into the earth. That's what every messianic prophecy was for. Isn't that interesting? That one was spoken for every day. God wanted, God wanted us to know, praise God, that he was going to fulfill his promise no matter what. I said no matter what. I don't care how difficult things may be in your life at this time. If you will trust God and you will go to his word and find out what he's promised in his word, Hallelujah. And you stand upon that word and you don't put any limitations or time frame on his word. God will bring it to pass. I said, God will bring it to pass because faith is the substance of things hoped for. You cannot coerce God. You cannot try to uh, barter with God. I mean, you just have to know that if he made a promise in his word, whether it means healing or provision or deliverance, praise God, he will honor his word. Hallelujah. No matter how difficult it is. Come on. Is that, isn't that good? Your part is to believe the, the possible. That's the promise. His part is to fulfill the impossible in your life. Amen. Verse two, but in the last of these last days, watch this. Now he talked, he spoke to, he spoke to the forefathers who were believing that the Messiah would come. He spoke to them, praise God. And he did it through, through, uh, prophet. He did it through his word by saying, thus saith the Lord regarding the promise of the Messiah. Now listen, in the last of these, of these days, he has spoken to us, say, that's me. Say, that's me. If you don't tie this to you, and then you get nothing from it. He's spoken unto us in the person of a son whom he, that's God, appointed heir, unlawful owner of all things, and also by and through whom he created the worlds and the riches of space, reaches of space and the ages of time. And I just want you to catch that. Uh, uh, he, he is the heir and lawful owner of all things. All things. Now he tells us what they are. Some of them. And by and through him, he created the worlds, plural, the seen and the unseen, and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He may produce, built, operate, and arrange them in order. So 
When I was studying this, God said there, now from this portion of scripture, there are some things that you need to consider or that you need to observe so that you can practice celebrating them in your life. The first thing is, number one, the first thing we're to consider is that Jesus is the heir and lawful owner of all things. Well, what is, and if he is, so are you and I. Amen. I said, so are you and I. We are lawful owners of everything that Jesus purchased on the cross. Everything, everything. Listen, both the temporal and the eternal. It all belongs to us in Christ Jesus. I'll show you from the scriptures. Now, in Luke, the fourth chapter, this is Luke, the fourth chapter records Jesus's 40 days or it records that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. In fact, the word led means he drove him. He, drove him. He, he was driven into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. He was tempted in three areas, which, we'll, which we will identify here in a second. So he came out of the wilderness in Satan's last, last opportunity or his last attempt to trip him up. He did so through these three avenues. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In fact, if you're taking notes, uh, you can write down 1 John, the second chapter, verse 15 through 17, especially out of the Amplified Bible, okay? I mean, this is school. We're learning. I said, we're learning. Amen. And that's one thing that I think that we that we get a little bit tripped up in when it comes to even church service, that we don't come prepared to take notes. You know, I told Randy Hartz, I said, you are what you are. I mean, you can't make someone be what they aren't at that moment. But since he was, a, and I can't, you know, I've known, remember, I've been serving God for 50 years. I've shared the gospel with many people. Many that didn't receive it, and, and, and many that did receive it. But you can't make someone receive the word of God. But when he got arrested for smuggling drugs into the U.S., and um, I went up to the prison, and I, ministered, I, went, I, I led him to Christ. And, of course, a lot of times people in prison are called con men. What, what grieves me the most is when they con they con using the name of Jesus to get their way until they get their way, then they no longer are serious about Jesus. Guess what? It happens every day in the body of Christ. Always conning God. But if you're serious, God knows. And I didn't know. I can't read his heart. But that night, I led him to the Lord. Uh, something happened. I mean, he prayed it with such seriousness that though he may have known it, he never retreated or turned back from that commitment to Christ. Never. From that moment on, he kept his heart consecrated, dedicated to God. Even in prison, he grew. He walked by one day. I love this story. And he saw a magazine, I believe, or something on a shelf that said Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And uh, it just leaped out at him. So he wrote to Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And I'm going to call Junior. I am. I'm going to call Kenneth Hagin Jr. and tell him. Uh, uh, because people need to know that you, your labor was not in vain. And he saw that magazine up there, and he wrote to Kenneth Hagin Ministries and said, I have no money, but I really would like to learn about faith. And they sent him a ton of free information, books and everything about faith. 
and he read every one of them and studied. And then when he got out, he came here, and uh, he sat in his front row with a, uh, with a book. Even to this day, even to this day, he sits in front, and he takes notes and, and meditates on those notes so he can remember what was said. That's why God is able, able to promote and exalt your heart and life with that kind of commitment to his word. I'm just, I'm just using that as an example. That can be any of us. So these things are so important for your life because you can only retain so much, especially if you're Norwegian. <laughs> I am, by the way, so don't get offended. <laughs> In fact, I want you to thank all of you for your prayers. I was sick for a day and a half. I had something called vertigo. I've had it before. Amen. That's what... Uh, only said, said to Lena when he couldn't find Savin, where'd he go? No, I mean, it was bad, bad, bad. I know, bad. But, but it's no fun. It's no fun when you're dizzy and you can't stop the dizziness. But praise God, I'm a lot better and I'm grateful and thank you for your prayers for that. Amen. But the word of God in your life, rooted and grounded, is what will empower you on the inside to deal with the issues that you deal with on a daily basis. Again, if you agree, say amen. amen. So, let's go on. Verse 5. So then the devil took Jesus up into the high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the habitable world in a moment of time, in the twinkling of an eye. So if you want it in your Bible, if you got your Bible, write lust of the eyes, because this was the second of the three temptations. The first was, if you're really the son of God, turn, this, turn this, uh, this, these stones into bread. And, and that was the lust of the flesh. Here's the lust of the eyes. And Jesus responded by saying, oh, no, and Satan said to him, forgive me, to you I will give you all this power and authority and their glory. Watch this. All their magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, and grace, for it has been turned over to me. Isn't that interesting? Where did he get it from? He got it from Adam. He got it from Adam. He could not legally give something away they didn't have. He got that from Adam when Adam compromised in the garden. He said, all this glory of this habitable world, it's yours. So what's the price? And, oh, and he says, and I will give it to whomever I want. So what's, what's the price? Therefore, if you will do homage to and worship me, or just compromise just once, and all of this shall be yours. And you know what's interesting? It already belonged to Jesus. Already. Now I'm going to make a point here. I want you to hear it, and I want you to catch this. Listen, Psalms 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, watch this, the wor uh, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Now listen, this was promised long after the fall. So my question to you, was this a real temptation? Was this a real temptation? Absolutely. In fact, it was even more. Why? Because Jesus knew and understood and was willing to pay the required price to get back to its rightful owners what belonged to them. And that's the world. And I mean, everything, everything that you see and don't see. He didn't do that. He didn't do that for himself. He already had it. He did it for us because we didn't have it. 
We lost it through Adam, but we gained it back through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you give him a good shot of praise? Hallelujah. Amen. Is that awesome? Why is this important? Because even living in America, even living in America, we are so blessed. Even the poor people are blessed compared to third world countries. And yet it seems like it's never enough. We get something and have it for one day and we're ready for something else. And this is the trap. Lust of the flesh, lust in the eyes, and the pride of life are the traps that Satan sets for every one of us on a daily basis. Always complaining of what we don't have rather than giving God praise for what we do have. Say it all belongs to me. And and when I say that, I mean that. It all belongs to us. Now, I'm going to read the scriptures to you to prove you that it's so. But listen, it's something that we personally and individually and every day have to hold on to by faith. Because, listen, every blessing of God that he's referencing there is on the other side of this life. You know, you know I, I, the prosperity message is a blessing because God wants to bless your life. However... The more I grow in God, the more I realize the traps we can get into. In fact, Paul even warned Timothy of that. I mean, because people were preaching on prosperity and about getting money. And he said, Timothy, I want to warn you, the love of money is the root of... And we never start out loving money. That's the thing about it. Nobody does. Uh, nobody does. I asked a guy one time who was very, was very, very successful... I, we were driving on the road, and I said, what, what is your, now that you've got everything, now that you have your millions and you've got everything, what, what, what really trips your trigger? What really excites you now? And he says, making more money. And it just went tilt in my mind. I just, baby, 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 because how much more is enough? How much more is enough? And so, I, you know, I, I, have, I have a challenge with that. Now, listen, Jesus right up front proved to the disciples that he was a more than enough God when he filled both of those boats with fish. He wanted the disciples to know that they would never have to worry about a thing. On the other hand, early on in his ministry, he told the disciples, he, he, he literally told them that um, uh, early on in ministry, <laughs> I'm going blank. Um, oh, he told them, take no thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? And what are we going to drink? And what are we going to wear? And what do we think about seven days a week? What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? So, I mean, it's okay. It's okay to let that pass through my mind and through your mind, but don't let it capture you with worry and fear, especially in the days we're living in. If there was ever a time that we grow in grace and truth, it's today. Because I'm telling you, now I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not going to get political here, but I'm just simply telling you because I'm not stupid and neither should you be. But if they were to call you, any one of you, and say we're going to cut your salary 60% every week, how many agree that wouldn't take long, you wouldn't be able to meet your needs? Raise your hand. You wouldn't be able to meet your needs. Come on, raise your hand. Okay, maybe you're efficient, but most people aren't that way, okay? You cannot demand, we call Minnesota a second communist country in America, you cannot 
call businesses, and this is sad, you cannot call businesses, demand businesses that they shut down and require, uh, only going to require 20% uh, uh, of, you know, of uh, customers into your store. Uh, whether you like it or not, there's going to be thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of businesses nationwide. Nationwide, they're going to close their doors. They're already saying that some of these cities are like ghost towns. And it's a tragedy because, listen, most of those stores were raised up by people, normal, regular people like you, who simply wanted to enjoy a self um, working for themselves. So if there was a time that you better learn how to walk by faith, it's now. Say it all belongs to me. I'm going to read that. I have to. We may not get through this, but we're having fun. Romans 8. Watch this. This is really cool. (laughs) Romans 8, verse 15. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit, watch this, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. That means daddy, daddy, God. Hallelujah. And let's go on. The spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. How many believe you're a child of God tonight? Come on, raise your hand if you participate. Okay, watch this. Watch this. And if we are, he's not questioning it. He's simply, and if we are, which we are, his children. All right. Then it says, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only we must share his suffering. Now, we don't want that part. We'll cut that out of our Bible. Only we must share, only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. Let's go on. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us, in us, for us, and conferred on us. I'm telling you, man, oh, it is going to be glorious, glorious when we receive our full inheritance. Hallelujah. You know, I laughed when I was coming out here, you know, I'm trying to button this suit coat, and I just, I mean, I mean, it's, I've just, somehow it's shrunk. I, I, and I thought of that, I thought, you know, and so if you wear black, you know, it covers up some of the stuff that's there, you know? And I thought of that song, black is black, I want my six pack back. <laughs> gray is gray since it went away. What can I do? <laughs> I'll have that recorded here in just a few weeks, you know. My point is, we focus all on the external when we need to focus on the internal. Not that we shouldn't take care of it, but praise God, it's not the issue. Listen, when the pressure's on and hell's coming against you, you're not going to be thinking about the size of your body, your external house. Can I have an amen? I got to read this, verse 19. This is the New Living, New Living Translation. 
For all creation, now watch this, this is beautiful. All creation is waiting eagerly for that future day. So we know when God made this promise that we're, we're heirs and joint heirs of all the things of Jesus who owns it all. He's, he's taught, he does no, listen, he, when he told the disciples, don't take thought about your life, he's gonna let, he said, you're going to be taken care of. Say this out loud, I'm going to be taken care of. Absolutely, God's going to take care of you. He promised that. I mean, that's if you stay in faith. So, but he goes on and says this, all creation is waiting eagerly for that day, future day, future day, when God will reveal who his children really are. Watch this. Against its will. This is powerful. Against its will. I want you to think about this. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Now, I don't have time to get into it, but when Adam compromised and gave that authority and power over to Satan regarding the earth, when he did that, what did God do? He turned around and cursed it so that it wouldn't produce the supernatural as it was producing when Adam was in control of it. So God cursed, says it. You can go back, God cursed it. Listen, he cursed it for man's sake. Let's go on. Watch this. I love this. But with eager hope, all right, yeah, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to, the creation, the creation looks forward to when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Amen. I mean, all the storms you're seeing, I mean, the earth is so fed. I'm just telling you, creation is so fed up with what's going on in the world, it's trying to shake it off and it's being expressed through all the calamity that you're seeing. Creation hates transgression. Because it was made in the image, uh, it was made uh, uh, with the fullness of God's life in it. Let's go on. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste, uh, foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Come on, how many agree? We, I mean, man, if we could just... And Brother Hagen said years ago, he said, you know, it, it, you know all you got to do is, is you know, it, you, when, you, when you die... Have you ever noticed when people die, they die with their mouths open? Why? Because their spirits leave out their mouths. Okay? Their spirits exit their mouths. And so he says, you know, so just uh, all you got to do is breathe out. So there were days we were having tough times, we'd be breathing out. Because there's not one of us that hasn't wanted at times to go home and be with the Lord. Just because of the, the, just the difficult times that we face. Let's go on. Watch this. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children. Say our full rights. What that means, we don't have them all yet. That's what, we don't have them all yet. Okay? Uh, including the new bodies he has promised us. Now, we were given this hope when we were saved. Now, if we've already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And I, so I'm just simply saying, why should we get distracted and tripped up 
with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life when it all belongs to us anyway. I tell you what, when we get to heaven, the people that will be shouting the loudest will be those precious people in third world countries that rarely had food in their belly their entire lives or rarely a roof over their heads. They're the ones that are going to be shouting the loudest, especially those that even in the midst of all that never, never departed from their faith in God. I've got, we have families, you know, ministry, uh, ministries in the Philippines, ministries plural because the ministry that we helped start and we're still supporting uh, since 1985. She, this precious woman, has literally started other churches in, in, in that area of the Philippines. And um, if you ever go there, I mean, now you would think there would be, you know, you'd think that most people in the Philippines, you know, would have, you know, just decent housing. No, no, no. Uh, dirt floors. Dirt floors. And some of them have, uh, what is that tin called that's got the, you know, what's it called? Corrugated? Is that what you call it? Steel? I mean, on, you know, they have a little bit on the walls, a couple of sheets on the roof, and that's it. I mean, they, I mean, they live very poor, and yet they love Jesus with all their hearts. They're not embittered. They're not embittered because they don't have what we have. They're just grateful that they have food in their belly, and they've got a, a, a somewhat of a covering for their lives. It's just amazing. They're the ones that are going to be shouting the loudest. But I bring all this up is because I want you to just walk with God. Don't worry about don't worry about all that's going on in America today. Keep your faith in the Lord. If you agree, say amen. amen. The second thing to consider this is Hebrews three. Or Hebrews 1 verse 3. Jesus is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outring or radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. Amen. I'll stop and think about that. Let me read it again. Jesus is the sole expression of the glory of God. He is the light being, the outring or radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint in the very image of God's nature. Here's what the Message Bible says. This son perfectly mirrors God and is stamped with God's nature. How many agree? So are we. I said, how many agree? So are we. Absolutely we are. You cannot get any more saved than you are on the inside. You are a child of God. Now, you may not bear the image of God like you want because you have an external man that fights daily against that. But you are filled with the fullness of God on the inside. Again, give God a good shout. A hallelujah. Amen. On the inside. So he's telling us here who Jesus is. And if he's that, so are we. And I'm not going to have time to read this, but you read Matthew, the fifth chapter, because Jesus said that we are the light of the world and that we're to let our light shine. In fact, he said we're the salt of the earth. Amen. The Message Bible says, I love that, you are to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. And then, then he goes on and says this, you're the light bringing out the God colors in the world. You are. You are. I am. That's our call. That's where our anointing lies. We are carriers of God's presence in a world that's full of darkness. 
If anybody believes that, say amen. amen. That's what we're called. That's where your anointing is. Listen, that's where your power is. That's where your provision is. Finally, what else are we supposed to fully uh, consider? Verse uh, 1 of Hebrews 3. It says, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider or observe or, uh, or, or, uh, or conform one's actions to the apostle and high priest of our confession or profession, Christ Jesus. Watch this. Who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful. So he, this is the third thing that we must consider and must put to practice in our lives is being, having faith in God and being faithful to his word. This is the third and final thing that we must consider and must put into practice that we have faith in God. Did you hear me? Faith in God. Listen to me. I don't know what America's future is. I mean, economically wise. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know this. God will take care of his own. Listen to me, if you are established in faith and you're faithful to God. I mean, there's so, listen, there are so many Christians that through the years have gotten offended for the stupidest things. Not, not only do they abort their relationship with the church and, and God's people, but they abort, they, they abort their spiritual lives. Is that insanity? I mean, I lived a life of torment until I was 20 years old, why would I want to go back and lick up the puke of what God delivered me from? I won't do it. I won't do it. Listen, our individual relationships with God are covenant-based. What does that mean? Listen, those who enter into a blood covenant, listen, understand what's required of them when it comes to that very thing. They've lost ownership of their own lives. Sounds like marriage, doesn't it? It's, it's true. You enter into a blood covenant where you literally, you, you, you've lost ownership of your life for how long? Till death parts you. Listen to this. Once you've received Christ as your Savior, Savior, you've entered into a blood covenant relationship with Him. Listen to this, where there's no divorcing yourself from what's required within that covenant, nor divorce yourself from your faith in and your faithfulness to your covenant friend. Amen. Listen, without serious setbacks. Meaning what? You give place to the devil. And I'm not, you know, heaping any condemnation. There's been plenty of... Plenty of people have gone through divorce. But, but if a person stops for a moment and considers, the, and you don't when you're going through it, because you, you, you're, 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 you're clouded over with all of the adversity and all the things that are going on in your life, and, and thinking that if I can just get detached from this, life will be better, not realizing that life isn't any better in most cases. So you divorce yourself from your faith in God and your faithfulness to God. And where do you end up with? Giving place to the devil. And never fulfilling your divine destiny. And that simply is being a light to the world around you. If you agree, say amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. So many wonderful things to share from the word of God.
and time goes by so fast. So in the case, no, Hebrews 3, verse 1, let's read this. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Watch this. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he that built the house, builds the house, has more honor than the house. And see, that's the trap we get into, even in today's society. Why do you want to flow with the world? I mean, today the world, the, the, it's amazing what the, 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 the degrees of deprivation and horrific things that, that Hollywood is doing to try to restore their youth. And, you know, I mean, you know, all the things they do uh, to try to live longer. And I'm sorry, they're going to die whether they like it or not. So why do we get trapped in the same thing? What does that mean? That we spend more time focused on the external house than we do the internal house. Let's go on. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And as Moses was verily faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which should be spoken, he... This oh, I wish I, I read way too fast and I miss so many good things. Moses verily was faithful in all his house, but what for? That he was faithful as a servant. God wants us faithful as sons. As a servant, uh, for a testimony of those things were to be spoken after. Meaning everything that he did. Meaning he was a deliverer. He was faithful in delivering God's people out of Egypt. Amen. That was. His, he demonstrated his faith in God and his faithfulness to God by doing what God called him to do. Jesus was the same way. He demonstrated his faith in God and his faithfulness to God by leading you and I out of the hallelujah, out of hell, yes. He led us out of captivity into the liberty of his spirit through his death and resurrection. Come on, give him praise that he did such a thing for us. It's awesome. Praise God. So God expects no less than us. From us. Keep our faith in him and our faithfulness to him. He's a wonderful God and he's faithful to his word. If you agree, say amen. Amen. I'll read this next week. We'll get into really this awesome ministry of the high priest. But I, I just want every generation, every generation from Jesus till now has experienced all sorts of hardships, adversity, setbacks, loss, all sorts of, all sorts of horrific attacks and assaults, every generation. Yet God has always been there, always been there to grace his people for whatever they have to go through. When I think of Paul, I was talking uh, to Randy today because he's praying for some of the guys downstairs regarding uh, the infilling of the spirit. And I said, um, you know, Paul said that he prayed in tongues more than we all, or than you all, when he was writing to the church at Corinth. He wasn't saying that. Listen to me. He wasn't saying that to let people know how spiritual he was and how not spiritual they were. He was saying that, listen to me, because he understood that all the horrific assaults that happened in his life, he made it through every one of them through praying in the spirit. Inward strength. You cannot conquer all the attacks that come against your life with your head. Impossible. 
It's got to come out of your spirit. So that's why. I even said it last week. I said, when you're praying the Holy Spirit, I, I said, you, you, it's for you individually. It's so that you, you, you individually can be built up and prepared for whatever comes your way on a daily basis. Come on. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. That's why he gave you his spirit. And he gave you his word. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So I'll run through these one more time. Jesus is the heir and lawful owner of all things, and so are you. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying or radiance of the divine, and so are we. And finally, number three, he is faithful to God. Faithful. Full of faith. He was and still is faithful to his Father. Seated at the right hand of God as the high priest of your confession. Amen. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for you today, tonight for just a moment. Listen, listen to this. In Hebrews... Hebrews 3.14 says this, For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Um, Daryl Strawberry was sharing about um, uh, Job. And the thing I, I, I simply, the thing I want to, or have, I want to hold on to regarding Job's life is that though he lost everything, and though hell itself came against his life, he never turned from God. Though he was stripped of everything, he never turned from God. Never. 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 And again, I don't know what people go through, you know, online or here at church. But everything that you face in life, listen to me. God has always had, always, listen, he's always had preparation for that. He's always had preparation for that, to get you through it to the other side in victory. So anyway, Paul, I can't wait to meet the guy. They say he was kind of short, about five foot tall. But what a tough guy. You read 2 Corinthians, I believe it's the 11th chapter, I think that's it. You read what they did to that man. Never got embittered. Never, never got into hatred. Ne- never got, oh God, uh, uh, send fire down from heaven and kill these wicked. No, 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 no. Never got, never, never went there. Never went there. There was never a man except for Jesus who suffered more than Paul did to bring the gospel that has changed our lives. And we can hardly, we can hardly get through the persecution of someone else taking our church seat. I'm serious about that. That's how, no, that's how weak the church is today. And that's why we need to keep growing inside so that we can be everything God's called us to be. Listen, and he can depend on us to administer his will in the earth. It's never changed. When Jesus told his disciples, guys, I I want you to see the fields are white under harvest. Can you see it? Pray then that the Lord of the harvest will send forth labors, labors in, into the field, labors. So the good thing about Job is that God restored double everything back that he had. I mean, that, say that's good news. It is. It is. For a man who lost everything, he lost everything. The only thing he didn't lose is his wife. But he lost everything. And yet God restored everything back to him double 
Because Job never retreated in his faith in God and his faithfulness to God. Even his wife said, curse God and die. And he said, no, God's not my problem. He's my promise. Say that out loud. God is not my problem. He's my promise. Why don't you bow your head and lift your hands for a moment. And I'm going to pray for all of you tonight. Even you, if you're going through some difficult times, I want you to know God loves you. He's, he is faithful to his word, but it, it requires from you faith in him and faithfulness to him. Amen. It requires that. Faith is Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I want to pray for you tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone. Even if you're home, lift your hands, close your eyes, and just reach up to heaven. Father, as we reach up to heaven, we're asking you to manifest your glory, your strength, your love, and your wisdom within our hearts tonight, God. I pray for all those that are facing adverse situations in their lives right now, that, God, you would strengthen them inwardly, God. Oh, God, as they open the Bible, hallelujah, open up the eyes of their understanding that they may rejoice in seeing the things that you promised from your word so that, God, they can be strong. They can be strong and encouraged, praise God, and remain committed to you, Father. Thank you. And Jesus, thank you that you are the heir and lawful owner of all things. Can you give him praise for that? And God, because we belong to you, all of it belongs to us. And we are so happy and excited to know what's ahead of us, God, in the future. So, Father, I pray tonight for each and every one that God of heaven, even, even as they leave here tonight, you'll set them in the crossroads of someone's life to minister to them. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.